this is the perfect episode to feel good, grab a cup of coffee, go for a drive, and just settle in and listen. Learning a lot from a mom, letting go of expectations, chatting about self-love, sitting in discomfort, and finding hope in the simple things. That's what we're going to talk about today with Miss Angela Young Cooper. She says she got to the point where she didn't mean her yeses. She was giving everything to everyone else and learned after having kids that radical self-love is the best example we can set for our children. She encouraged us to put a little space between stimulus and response and then add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Okay, so we are on today with an amazing woman who is a friend of mine, and I'm just so excited to have her on with us. She is a single mama that is homeschooling her three kids, and I feel like we could cover an entire podcast on what that looks like to homeschool your three kids because you're my hero just for that fact. Um, also a yoga instructor, which is one of the ways we met. A um, couple things I didn't know, a financial coach and a virtual yeah. assistant. So we're going to have to talk about that because those are two things I didn't know about you. And um, one thing she sent to me just to kind of prep for this podcast, this episode, and I want to read it because I love it. I love, love, love it. And I think it will resonate with a lot of you that are listening After the birth of my youngest child, my first daughter, I finally learned to prioritize self-care and self-love, and it completely changed my life. For me, empowerment comes from what I call radical personal responsibility and being willing to speak the truth, even when it's uncomfortable and inconvenient. That is so amazing. Like, did you just write that on a whim? Oh, goodness. Uh, no, no, no. This has been a journey for some time. <laughs> a journey. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been something that's thought about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. you for having me. Yes. Absolutely. So I did a little introduction. Um, and so from here, just tell me a little bit about what I just mentioned. How's it going with homeschooling? How's it going with navigating what's happening right now? So we came to homeschooling before all of this happened. Mm -hmm. So we were, I was pretty prepared um, for that to some extent. Um, I mean, it's changed a little bit uh, in the sense that some of the um, more structured class things that we would do, uh, we aren't doing those types of things anymore, like different groups in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not participating in those things this year like we did th- in a previous year. So, um, you know, it's changed a little, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's it's going pretty well. It's It's a matter of letting go of what we think things should look like. Yes. What we... Um, think educating children should look like and becoming open to possibilities, uh, becoming open to um, remembering what it was like long before we even had such thing as 
a public school to send our kids to Mm -hmm. and that uh, people were still incredible and amazing and smart and did so many things uh, without that. But we have gotten so far from that and we're so used to it that it can be really uncomfortable to to say, wow, we're done in two hours. How could that be possible Mm -hmm. when everyone else is or we're supposed to, and I put that in bunny quotes, mm-hmm. be there for seven hours instead. So I think for me, the biggest challenge with homeschooling then or now is letting go of expectations of others and letting go of the comparison, that trap that we all find ourselves in, uh, just letting all that go. And trusting our intuition, because we were given these babies. You were given your specific babies. I was given my specific babies. And there was a reason for that. So just trusting that. I love that so much. I mean, we can learn from that alone that we do get kind of caught up in what it is supposed to be, what we're told it is, um, the nine to five job, the nine to three school, um, and you're so right. Uh, I think that over this last six months, people started to explore homeschooling more because of what was happening, obviously, right? Um, and asking those questions like, wait, my kids can learn everything they need to in two hours. What does that look like? How does that feel? I can't teach them. I'm not a teacher. Well, you don't have to be a teacher. It comes from a place of of love and encouragement and play. I mean, I've I've learned so much about that. Um, and you said, like you said, you did this well before COVID or the pandemic. So when your kids have been homeschooled the whole time, right? Like how many years? We did do a traditional school for okay. one year. Okay. Um, for one, for two of my children, for my older two, um, we did try that. And I had a lot of uh, concerns going into it. Um, all of them uh, happened throughout the year. Right. Um, I, you know, every family is going to needs to do what works for them. Um, and I just, I just had certain things that it just wasn't, meshing with what we needed. Um, But then the following year, uh, we did more of a hybrid program. And I put my youngest in a a traditional preschool program. And um, that really worked for our family that year. And so, you know, being open to moving with what your family needs. And, you know, that flexibility that we've all needed this last six months, I, I will say, I feel like some of my past experiences in the last three years or so really prepared me to not feel jarred. I was like, oh, again, we're just pivoting a little. Um, you know, so I, I really think that this is just a nice preparation for everybody to know that we can always be flexible. Every year is going to look different as our kids are growing. You know, we notice the difference from going from diapers to having no diapers to have to change. And, you know, so every year our kids are someone new, our family uh, might look different, um, you know, our, our work schedules and, you know, being willing to look at all the options and be willing to go with what works for you that time. You know, this year for us, it's full-time homeschooling for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've tried out all sorts of things and, you know, what works for every family and in every age is going to be different. 
For sure. And that's also where the judgment, we have to let go of the judgment. There's so much of that sitting behind a screen. And, you know, if you're a good mom, if you do this, or you're a good parent, if you do that, and absolutely not, like you really do, you're right. You have to look at what's right for your family in this moment, because Mm -hmm. the years are all different. The moments all change. And you have to also be open. Like, I feel like you're somebody that's helped me see um, the possibilities of being open to being uncomfortable and those things Mm. that we're not used to, you know, Mm. um, when I considered homeschooling my kids, you're one of the first people that I thought of, and I wanted to contact you for resources. And I found this podcast called wild and free. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have it. Yeah. I have it. I'll have to check that out. It's really great, actually. I'm a podcast junkie. So Wild and Free is about um, this other mom's, this other family's journey with homeschooling and the importance of play. Everything that I know. I mean, you could teach us so much about that. Um, So going back to what you said just a moment ago about the past three years has prepared you for what's happening in the world today. Can you, are you willing to expand a little bit more on that? Um, Sure. Uh, Well, I mean, it probably goes back a little further than that, more to like the statement in the introduction that um, I had been, you know, uh, a stay-at-home mom and I was a very, I'm going to, I'm going to use a word here that might offend some people if they see themselves in it. Uh, I was very martyry. I um, didn't take care of myself. I just did not prioritize that. I sacrificed sleep, health, wealth, anything for everyone else around me. No boundaries. No, I did not know the word no. Um, I didn't mean my yeses. It was just a really bad situation. Um, and it, that my marriage wasn't good. Uh, some of it because of things like that, just not not being willing to speak up, be truthful uh, um, to myself. Um, and that, you know, when that, st- that kind of energy starts, everyone start around you starts to live that way as well. And when I looked at my daughter, the day that she was born, and I looked at her and I said to myself, when will she not matter? I mean, the minute I saw her, I went, when will she not matter? When will it not matter if she sleeps or eats or does anything. And the only thing that matters is everyone around her. And I was like, never, never, ever will that ever happen. And it was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks that, well, I am her example. So when it was my son's, I thought to myself, I think I was thinking to myself, well, if they met a woman one day willing to do all of this, good for them. Whereas that's not good for them either. They need to also, you know, stand up. But it wasn't until I saw this person who is going to look up to me for how to be a woman and a mother that I realized I had to change. Um, And so it was about like three months later that I found yoga and started learning to um, have any sort of self-awareness about what I wanted. And it took multiple years of that teacher training, many, many workshops where I met you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it took a lot of self-discovery. And eventually I started 
speaking up so much that those around me were also inspired to speak up. And unfortunately, uh, it did mean the end of my marriage. Um, so, uh, you know, my, my husband uh, at the time felt open enough to come out of the closet because I had been willing to stand in my, my truths as well. And those boundaries were finally clear enough that we realized we couldn't be there for each other. And so we were able to let that go. Um, our relationship um, is not as turbulent. I, my family does not look like what I had dreamed of and wanted. And there was a lot of grief in that. And there still is from time to time. Um, a discomfort that you mentioned mm -hmm. and learning to sit in that and be with it instead of escaping it and avoiding it um, and, and doing those kinds of things, actually learning the flexibility and breathing through this discomfort because we all have, we all mm -hmm. have that. Uh, but we also, you know, I think you mentioned in a previous podcast that we all have uh, that one thing, that one thing we do that, you know, our, our initial response to things that do we, do we run to drugs or food or gossiping or Netflix binges or, you know, whatever it is. And if we can get enough self-awareness to push pause before we do it, at least a little, mm -hmm. to put a little space between stimulus and response, then the next time we can put a little bit more and a little bit more, just like yoga poses. <laughs> I love that. It's really so much. I love yoga for that. <laughs> That's the visual for sure. For sure. Yeah. You said so many amazing things in there. I was feverishly taking notes as you were talking. I could listen to you talk forever. Okay. But I I love that you said if you stand in your truth, you allow others to stand in their truth. And there was sacrifices. You sacrificed yourself for such a long time. And then when you started to speak your truth, you realized that you're sacrificing the old life that you had in order to do that. And then your husband at the time, it sounds like he'd been sacrificing his truth to live in a truth he didn't even really, you know, feel. It was... yeah. For there a very long time. So many shifts there. So in a way, you gave him that freedom when you gave yourself freedom. Absolutely. And that, I feel like that's a form of love. Yeah. Well, and it's helped us as parents. Um, how we, we show up and being able to support them in, you know, who each of them are. And, and that flexibility, you know, the one year something you know, works. And then the next year we pivot because that that's what's required that year, for that, that person in our family. Okay. So Angela, tell me, um, what that looks like now. So you've, you found your truth. You've spoken up to inspire others. You found yoga. Um, you're setting this amazing example of the importance of pivoting and accepting people for who they are for your children. And what does that look like now for you? Um, I'm sorry. What do you mean by that? 
So like the, your like family, what is our your family dynamic? Our family situation. Yeah. Our family situation. Okay. Um, well, my ex lives uh, out and um, they have weekly FaceTime calls that they all cherish and enjoy. That's I spend uh, my Saturdays uh, working at home while the kids are watched via FaceTime by their other parents. So um, they are still able to maintain that connection. Uh, I won't say that it's always easy for me mm-hmm. um, in in fostering that, but I know how important it is because parenting isn't about us. Um, mm-hmm. It is about them. Now, so self-care, I, I feel like I can take toxic turns when we talk about self-care and eliminating toxic people. You know, some of the the things we hear about in that world today, mm-hmm. can, I think border on a little dangerous for relationships and connection. And so I, the sitting in discomfort, I will do what is necessary, uh, you know, to ensure that um, my, my kids have the relationships that they need and that I'm not sitting in resentment and bitterness. You know, I'd rather face those moments as they come up and, uh, you know, heal them and move forward. No, not burying. Right. Because how many people live their whole life holding on to that resentment? I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really amazing. That in of itself that you could let go of that and move forward with that. Mm -hmm. How do you you think we're able to do that? I don't really, it's... Well, it's funny. I've I've actually thought about this today because this last summer, uh, my my former spouse came into town because um, my sister in law, uh, my ex's sister, was passed was dying. Uh, was on in hospice and immediately flew out here. And of course, my home is here. You can be here. You can be with the kids. Um, and people were like, "I can't. How, how did you do that? I'm like, how could I not?" Mm-hmm. That was my question. Like, how do you look at someone that you loved so much for so long and say, I don't care that you are going through this thing, or I don't care that you don't get the chance to see the kids. And like, how do you do that? That's where my question comes in. Um, But, you know, I, I lost a sister at a really early age myself, and I feel like it gave me the chance to have a lot more compassion. Um, it, it strengthened my faith. I mean, it just, it, it let me understand how brief life really is and how, you know, holding on to things just isn't it's just not worthwhile. Doesn't like you said, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, we definitely uh, we had you know one conversation where we walked away and I went, "This is why we're not married." <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. You know, like to be real. But you know, the, the next day we woke up and we went about our business, and you know, and when we said goodbye, I I I wish that person well, and you know. Um, that's, that's, that's for me. Cause I right. don't want to be bogged down in unhappiness. So, right. Right. No, that's so amazing. Um, and I think that 
at the end of the day, and I'm kind of going back to some thoughts that I've had over the past couple months about processing everything going on in the world and um, in my own life, that at the end of the day, he's human, you're human, I'm human, we're all human. And if we really get out of the shit storm of life and where we're at and really see each other as humans with compassion, like you said, compassion, and we're all going to be better for that. And instead of, instead of viewing it as my ex label, like take the label out, this is my mom and she drives me crazy, or this is my ex-husband and he drives me crazy or whatever that is. It's taking that label off and that we're all human and, you know, know, to some extent, the labels are important just to keep us close. This is my person that I care about and they know the, the ugly parts of me and they know the good parts of me. And then, yeah, stepping back and and giving them that space that you would give to anyone else to right. be, you know, as right. human as they are. Um, one of the questions that I ask every single person on Sunny Side Up is, what obvious or obscure ways has sunshine made its way to your life? And I know we've already kind of talked about some of those things, but I like to ask that question unprompted for whatever comes to mind for you? So ways, I mean, all all the ways, all the ways. I mean, even in those dark moments, because that is where you see the sun. When you are just basking in it, it it's easy to take for granted. Um, But when you are in the dark moments and you can can seek out that little bit of light uh, that that smile on somebody's face, um, that kind word that, um, you know, that, that fitness class that, um, or just, you know, that person that you, you want to embrace. Um, there, there are just so many sunny things. We just really have to look for them. And it's honestly, even in the the craziest, most chaotic things in the world, there is laughter to be had in those moments too if we don't take everything quite so seriously. Right. Because, I mean, really, it's comical. Our world is comical for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's even funny there. Sure. Laughter is the tool to get through it for sure. Yeah. 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 So agreed. Agreed. Has there been any moments where you like, you know, it feels like the world is ending and these tornadoes are hitting and, and and maybe laughter is a part of that, but it's like the most obscure time where you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I got out of that moment. Mm. There, oh gosh, there has been... (laughs) There has been a lot of those moments. Um, Oh, goodness. There's been a lot of moments like that where, you know, things are not good. Like I said, the darkest moments are those moments where I think so when I was initially going through um, finding out about uh, my former spouse, Mm -hmm. they it was really difficult. It was a very isolating experience. People backed off really hard because they were very uncomfortable. And so I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to. And I remember, um, 
listening to a audiobook and this person talked about doing really simple things um standing up straight with your shoulders back and doing the dishes doing the dishes and i thought well i can couple doing the dishes with the mindfulness i've used in yoga and so i would feel the warm water on my hands well, I'd actually put on rubber gloves and crank the hot water as hot as it would go and then feel the warmth, mm-hmm. <laughs> warmth of, you know, on my hands. And I would do the dishes and I would do them mindfully. And because I could do that, I couldn't fix that I was going to have to sell my house. I couldn't fix that my kids' family was falling apart. And I couldn't fix that, but I could do the dishes. I could look at each little T-shirt as a blessing instead of a task to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I could do that. I couldn't do much, but I could do that. And I think that saved me. And it honestly, it made my house pretty clean considering I have three kids and Mm -hmm. I still do that every night. I do not go to bed before my dishes are done. I do not wake up to a sink full of should have been done yesterday. Um, and I appreciate the tasks that need to be done in a different way. And it has, so there's some sunshine for me in each day. I have like turned these things into sunshine. And so even on the really hard days, like, wow, I'm going to go do my dishes. (laughs) You are seriously so amazing. I don't know if people (laughs) tell you that regularly. So I want to tell you that's Amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I don't find joy in doing my dishes. I bitch at my dishes. (laughs) (laughs) I But no, I'm telling you that you want to change your life. Find a way to enjoy your dishes. I'm telling you. I am going to take that one piece (laughs) of advice today. I'm going to take all your advice, but that one simple piece. Yes, that's the takeaway of our conversation. No, I so appreciate that. It's kind of like life altering. You're right. To find the joy in the mundane things that we really are lucky and grateful to do. Because really, truly perspective, how many people would kill to have dishes in a third world country? But not even that. Not even that. Real life for me, I go, the reason we did this now instead of later today, um, I can't control what is happening in our world or in government or even what my kids are going right. to do from day to day. I have right. no control over that, but I'm can, I feel empowered in taking care of the things I can take care of. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> no, absolutely. And letting go of that control, I, you know, I jotted that down too, because that's been a big issue in my life from a very early age that when I couldn't control something, I tried to control something else eating disorder, um, relationships, like when everything seems out of control, you go into what can I control? And even something as simple as doing the dishes is a reminder of maybe we don't have to be so control minded and just, I don't know what you said was so on point. And I appreciate that. I love it. It's true. Because it's not necessarily about control. It's about taking actions. And simple, simple actions that we we get to take for the rest of our lives. They're not going anywhere. Right. So may right. as well learn to 
smile through them. So. No, absolutely. But. So being so positive and optimistic and having this great perspective, um, who are some of your favorite coaches, mentors, books, podcasts? Like what, what do you learn from? So I would say I run the gamut. I really do. Um, there's, you know, you, you can't go wrong with Brene Brown. She's, she's an amazing, uh, researcher, lecturer, writer. Um, you know, uh, I, Jordan Peterson is, uh, the one who wrote the book, um, that changed my perspective, um, and how I do the dishes. Um, so he, he's been huge for me. Um, I, you know, I don't, I take advice from just so many different places and, and, you know, literature I read, there's great literature has, you know, some incredible advice. Um, there's TV shows. The, my, one of my favorite shows ever is lost. And I know people, it, it gets a little silly, but it's the dynamic of how we have everyone's good and everyone's bad. We have it all within us, and it's a matter of, of you know, making choices. And so I, I just find wisdom wherever I go to. I mean, I think just about anyone who is putting themselves out there and giving their advice, um, they probably have a nugget, like <laughs> at least one or two, right? You know, so because um, because you know, Brene Brown and and like Jordan Peterson could not be more different. Like they are just, you know, but I think it's important to go through all of them and not stick to one way because, you know, then we run the risk of falling out of balance and, and only seeing things through one way. Right. And we never want to idolize anybody. Mm. We want to learn from them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good, a good lesson that, um, like I've never been somebody to really idolize celebrities or um, money or I can't even bring, to be honest, and this is going to make pe- some people mad. I can't even bring myself to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians <laughs> or a show like that because I'm just like, I don't, I don't look up to that. You know, I don't, I don't like relate to that at all. I want to talk to the underdogs. I want to talk to the messy. I want to, um, I want to talk to the people that have been a little lost in life. And we all have a story. Even the Kardashians have a story, but. You know, what's funny is I should say this. Kris Jenner has been quite. Okay. Okay. Wait a second. I'm finding the sunshine. I will say this. Yes. yes, I have never been a fan, but there were a couple scenes in a couple episodes that I watched over and over and I cried with her. So okay. <laughs> I must Fair say, enough. like I said, inspiration is in the places we are not expecting it. And I think that for me, that's that would be something I would say. Everyone you meet, that grocery store person, that person who's mad at you, that that anybody, that's where the wisdom's at. That's because how it's impacting you, how you view it yeah. is what's important, you know? You're and right. So, right. Yeah. You're <laughs> it's right. funny that you mentioned her. It is. I didn't think about that, but... <laughs> 
total, total sense. <laughs> Thank you, Jenner, if you're listening. Yes, you seriously changed a, 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 a kindred spirit. Yes. <laughs> well, so it's also kind of crazy because all the questions that I'm like, you know, you think about a podcast and these are the questions I want to ask the person. Like, I feel like we're answering them as we go because one of the other questions I'm going to ask everybody is, how do you navigate the shit storms in life? And we've talked about some pretty intense shit storms. I mean, I want to say, how do you navigate them? But would there be anything else you would add to what you've already told us about ways people can, what tools they can use, how to navigate them, what you've done, what's worked? Things are so much simpler than we make them. That would be what I have to say. It's simpler in that. You know, we don't need to overanalyze them. We we just don't. We need to try to smile. We need to recognize when things are bad, that some of these things are going to hurt and are meant to. We're not meant to just bounce out of them. We're meant to be in them. We lose someone important. It's not time to move on right away. It's time to be sad and that there is a time for that. You know, and positivity is great. It really is. And you should know, even if you are in a really major shit storm, that it won't last, but you need to sit in it long enough that, you know, you can actually heal it. Because if you're constantly running away from it or, you know, putting it off, it'll fester Mm -hmm. and then you won't be, you won't be able to show up to life authentically and let those around you do the same. And right. you'll find yourself in a way deeper storm than you needed to be in to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So I, I really think it's everything is so much more simple than we give it credit for. We need to love other people. We need to do our part in our little square in the world. And once that's taken care of, we can look beyond that and try to help others outside of that. Mm-hmm. But good um, advice, you know. Love so your kids. Are, are are you coaching like? Are women calling you and talking to you about navigating grief, pivoting, change, like all the things that we've talked about today? I have I have done some coaching on grief and things like that. I um, have shifted focus um, a little bit more financial focus and and again, bringing things back to simplicity. Um, so we have I've, the yoga portion is is a big part of it as well. Um, but some of the simplicity that we need to bring, I think, is material simplicity as well and our debts and things like that that we're all so encouraged into having mm-hmm. um, are weighing on us. They're adding stress into our lives. Um, so I've, I've added in the uh, a financial portion to, to the work I do um, with clients um, more, more so than the grief. Um, okay. But I definitely um, – you know, I think I think we all are walking around with grief. I think that that's true, and so um, I don't I don't have that as my focus. And mm-hmm. I did at one point, but well, but I love that too because you're talking about a shift of if we can get back to the basics with our money and not have that stressor mm-hmm. in our lives, it can help us in a lot of other areas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even realize that you were doing that, but that makes a lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. that, I mean, how many people, I don't have a number, but what percentage of 
the world of the U.S. is in debt and how much stress that is creating on marriages, on relationships, on self-love, on self-discovery. It's most people. It's yeah. most people. And, and it's a mindset thing. It is not a, we're not, it's not a numbers game. It's a mindset shift. And so just like with grief or um, yoga, you know, whatever it is we're really trying to do, it is a mindset shift. And I think for one of the reasons, you know, with, with money, we are encouraged everywhere we look to spend money to feel, you know, it's one of those ways we feel better. And, um, and then we just add stress to ourselves, uh, on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're spending money to look good for people we don't even know <laughs> mm-hmm. and impress people we don't even see or, mm-hmm. or actually connect with. Um, and then we just get into this spiral where we just keep doing that because that's what we've gotten used to. And we get this hit of, well, that felt good. Dopamine. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And these things are, these things are more basic than we give them credit for, but we don't notice them that way because we're so busy going and doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the yoga really comes in. And the yoga and the money together, I think, are a really powerful um, combination in helping us break uh, through some serious struggles and then feel really empowered. Because when you start to watch those numbers going down on the debt that you thought that would never go away, um, you know, the weights mm-hmm. are lifted and you know, that there's pressures gone. Well, I'm again, processing what you're saying as I'm listening. Um, and I want to like listen to it a hundred more times, but with the yoga, you are learning to control your breath with money management and gaining that empowerment. You're learning how to control your choices because we all have choices, right? Mm-hmm. If it goes back to what we can control, if we can shift the choices that we make with money, with finances, um, with any of those things, it's just interesting to think about that, that like yoga and money, you know, financial. Mm-hmm. So do people- Well, there's that Viktor Frankl quote that mm-hmm. the your power lies in- the pause between stimulus and response. And so, you know, with our money stuff too, if we can put a pause in between pressing buy, in between noticing, you know, why am I pushing this right now? Why am mm-hmm. I making this purchase? And just asking yourself, and sometimes you're going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And then learning to forgive yourself from there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of those yoga principles um, that, yeah. you know, uh, whatever you need to do to make that next one, because you've got to look forward. We can't be looking backwards. Right. We, we have to always look forward. And, um, you know, this is just one of those mm-hmm. really big life things that, yeah, you put a little pause in there and you can, you start to be able to make choices instead right. of being on autopilot. Like right. we all are with our breathing and with our, uh, food choices, mm-hmm. just so many things. And um, yeah. Don't get stuck in autopilot. You can yeah, get out of all. Auto- yeah, yeah, you can get out of autopilot at any point, right? Mm-hmm. And just when you can notice when you get there, then you can get out and be like, oh, okay. And, you know, next time it'll be easier to get out. It's like push-up. Yeah. Easier where, where can people find your yoga? 
Um, well, my site is currently under construction, um, but you'll be able to find it at uh, chaostocontentment.com. Ooh, this is like hot off the presses, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh coming man. Soon. Coming soon. Chaostocontentment.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna when it's live, you're gonna come back on, okay, with us so that we can yeah. we can talk about it and learn more about it. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, and are you at any local studios right now? Um, I don't have a current class at Zenergy, but um, I that's where I will be popping in. I'll probably be doing some workshops here um, this okay. fall winter and. Yeah. Awesome. Out awesome. In I know everything kind of changed, like went so virtual over the, you know, in 2020 that it's finding we're, our way you back. You know, to the every, we're making, everyone's making their comebacks on, on mm-hmm. and, you know, I will say the community of yoga and f- fitness instructors, I mean, could we be surrounded by more inspiring people who, I mean, just make things work. It's, I'm just, I've been in awe all of this time at the people I've met um, in the community. I mean, we, through body language, that community is amazing. And, and just everyone I've, I've met in our, our little community around here, it just blows my mind how positive mm-hmm. they are, and creative. Well, I could not agree more. And a really bright side and sunny side for me was, how beautiful the weather was this summer in Michigan mm-hmm. and how we were able to teach outside. And one of my favorite classes that I taught this summer was sunset yoga. And we were on this hill and it was overlooking as the sun was setting. And I kept calling it magical because it felt magical. And that's oh, beautiful. And it kept coming back to, you know, even with this podcast, Sunny Side Up, like that was such a bright side. And you have mm-hmm. to find, you had to find those little Little pockets, the little pockets of sun. Yes, each day find one little pocket, even each on day. the darkest day, because mm-hmm. you know you matter. Okay, so kind of um, kind of a left field question. I want to ask you something that I might have never known the answer to. Okay, tell us something fascinating and unique about you. Ooh, um. Well, when I was 23, I ran off to Europe and like by myself and did a little like backpacking thing for a few weeks all by myself. Um, just meeting new people and seeing different countries and uh, traveling. I think I think that was like one of the coolest experiences Um yeah, and tidbits about myself because it was like before cell phones and mm-hmm. you know, I it was before I saw hostel as well. So that was a good thing. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, things were so different back then. Like you didn't even think twice about doing stuff like that. I know. I know and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, Alicia. <laughs> Oh no, I know. I know. But yeah, no, way it's back, true. It's way true. back in the No, I know. But life <laughs> changes so fast. It just goes to show how quickly life it's changes. True. No, that's so true. Angela is very young. She's not <laughs> I'm not trying to age her. <laughs> but no, and you know what? That's something that adventure that you took is something that I like you'll think back forever. Like I think about right now, for example, my 40th birthday was this year 
And I'm feeling a little chipped because I want to go to Greece. I want to go to Italy. Like I want to go travel. But I remember like I feel fortunate enough that I got to do that in my 20s at some point. So I'm sure you feel that way too. Like the gratitude, how grateful before kids, right? That you Mm -hmm. got to go do that and be free. And I'm sure that's like etched in your soul that creates this free spirit about you. I think it also let me know that I can do big things on my own. Yeah. So unbeknownst to me, it was such a lesson I was going to need later mm-hmm. that I can do big things on my own. I can do big things on my own. I love that. I'm writing that down too. Um, and you're teaching your children that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also try to teach we need each other as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there you can't you can't go without support, but right. there are moments in this life where that lone wolf moment is required and you can do big things on mm-hmm. your own. For sure. Well, I feel like that's an amazing place to end. Um, mm-hmm. I could literally, I mean this, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. Um, I'll come back. I'll come back. I, will you? Do you promise? Yes. Okay. Of course. This is fun. Wrapping I love up, this conversation. I do too. And I missed you. This is like the first time we've seen each other. I know. Far too long. <laughs> too long. Um, so, but is there anything else that's burning in your heart, in your soul, that you just feel like the world should know right now in this moment? That you matter and and to care about yourself like you matter because you do. Perfect. Thank you so much. You are amazing. You're, You're amazing. I love you. I'm so I love you. creating things. I love it. I love it so much. Well, there's a lot of things that need to be said in this world in order to help others find their truth. I mean, which we talked about at the very beginning. And maybe this conversation will spark somebody to say, it's time for me to step into my my truth, you know, whatever that looks like. Right. 